Welcome to Lady BizWiz, where we help you focus, execute, and get results as you take your business from concept to market. Our topic for today is trademarking, a really important subject that some small business owners may need to brush up on or maybe learn about for the first time. When do you need a trademark? What can happen if you don't get one? Let's tune in now as Amy shares about the importance of trademarking and how to save lots of time and headaches by starting your business off on the right foot. Well, good morning, Amy. We are here on this cold and gray Savannah day. What do you think about that? Well, you know, I would say we were cold, but my brother's actually up in Wisconsin right now um, onboarding with his new company, and I think they said that it was like three degrees. Okay, you're right. That's... (laughs) Sounds miserable. It's cold for us, I guess. But, but it's going to be like really like, like truly cold this weekend. Like we're talking below freezing in the 20s. I mean, I think at like <laughs> three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Look, I'm but yeah, it's cold like for I'm us tougher. down here. We don't have, um, we're not prepared. This is what no, I can say. Is we don't have the layers. That's right. Like people normally. That's right. So um, today we're going to be talking about an issue that I think is important for everybody because I don't know, a lot of people start businesses and maybe don't think about this. I know I've in, in the past when I've had self, you know, sole proprietorships, um, it's never been, I've never thought, thought about it really. And, and when we did the abode retreat in October, we had Kate Strain come in and talk about trademark a little bit, which was very informative. Um, and, and you talked a lot about how she's helped you with your businesses. Did you want to expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So Kate Strain is my trademark attorney that I use here in Savannah, Georgia. And, you know, she's fabulous, even though she tells me no all the time and so I start businesses a lot and have made in in all the business you would think with all the years I've done this that I would have actually think differently but I I start businesses a lot and name them buy the dot-com behind them get a business card going get a business card going and then before I know it, I'm selling product the business is going and I've never really given any thought to trademark so I've in, in my businesses, in the my businesses, I've received a cease and desist letter where I was infringing, unbeknownst to me, but infringing on a trademark from a company out of New York. Well, before you go into that, I mean, I always thought that, you know, if the dot com is available, you know, if it's out there, if the dot com is available, yeah. if it's not taken, then hey, then that name must not be out there. Nope. Not true. Not true. And um, because trademark law, and, and first for the disclaimer, is neither Rebecca nor I attorneys so this is not to be construed as legal advice this is just my experience but I would recommend if you're in the middle or starting or in the phases of of a business launch um, even if you're an existing business I would recommend you um, contact a trademark attorney in your town I'm sure Kate be happy to talk to you Um, and I'll I'll post her um, information on the Lady Bizwiz Facebook page and I'll put it in the notes, podcast notes. So, um, but she's fabulous. But the truth of the matter is, is how trademark works is there's a, a company out there that um, launched their, their business. And trademark is funny in the fact that trademark, you can have or another company can have trademark use. And so a trademark means that you are selling your product, services, or goods to the public. It, so it's in trade. So you can't trademark something that you have not, are not actively lo- using in trade. So you actually have to be using or selling your product and have sold your product in trade, which means I've sold to 
somebody else, my product, that puts that now make puts my company in trade. Now, when you do that, you actually have kind of like common law marriage, you actually have common law usage to that mark. So if you start using your mark in 2018, and I'll give you an example, in 2018, but you didn't go get a trademark on it. You actually have trademark rights to that mark, even though you didn't actually go get a trademark on it. Um, okay, I didn't know this. So, so, so you've the, been using it, you have trademark rights, sort correct. of like common law. Kind of like common law. Now, if you're using your, your, your mark... And you so you started your company. I'll use Blue Poppy as an example because I kind of went through this. But I started Blue Poppy Designs in 2018. And um, it was just an LLC, still is an LLC. And I basically did, you know, local craft vendor fairs. It was really just a way for me to help offset the college costs of my kids going to college. Never in a million years did I think it would end up doing or being what it is now so really didn't have a lot of money, you know, just kind of bought some equipment and off I went. And so I really honestly did not give much thought. And you would think I would have given much thought because five years prior to that, I, owned, I had the bakery and we got a cease and desist letter for that bakery from a bakery out of New York. So, and I, we ended up having to change our name and obtaining a new, and obtaining a trademark for the bakery, which we, you know, we still own. So you and what was your original name? Maison. De macarons. And then you changed it to? Marche. Okay, so you had to change the, the kind of the first word. Well, we had to change it some way. So we, so how that ended up going, we'd been in business for a year under Maison de Macarons. And we, a year into our business, we receive a certified cease and desist letter, like in the afternoon. And of course, you get this and that's scary. So that says basically from somebody's attorney saying that, look, you are. You're infringing um, on, on you're their trademark. You're infringing on our trademark. They were located, the company was located in New York City. Their name was not exact. Um, it wasn't like an exact match. But in trademark world, that doesn't make any difference. So how trademark works, again, not an attorney, but my experience, is if it sounds the same, so it doesn't have to even be spelled the same, but if it sounds the same, if somebody could confuse your company with another company that has a trademark, that's trade that can be interpreted as trademark infringement so their company was um i think it was la maison du macarons and ours was macar you know maison de macarons and theirs was they had some extra words um but the truth of the matter is is they had the trademark on it and while we had a year's worth of trade in our with our mark um even though it wasn't quote unquote red, a registered trademark we had some some power because we had been using our mark for a year they had been using their mark, I think, for five or six years. So they definitely um, outranked us on mark usage. And so they wanted us to, you know, a cease and desist means basically stop using our mark now. <laughs> so we had to go hire an attorney, and the, a trademark attorney. And the trademark attorney is like, look, you're not going to. So you have two choices. You can abandon that mark and rebrand, or you can fight for your usage in that mark. I mean, those are your two choices. Which I'm guessing those fees could rack up, and do you want to go through th with that? Correct. And it would really depend on how... Um, so what would have been different? Let's just say this particular situation, I had my mark since, let's just say, 2012, I think is when we started doing business. And let's just say he had gone through the process and gotten a federal trademark in 2013. Now we're a couple years 
not how the timeline worked. I and he went and went to obtain that mark. I actually had the stronger use of that mark because I'd actually been using it longer and could have been basically upset his trademark application, but that's not how that works. So mm. we had no case to fight it. But what we were able to do is we were saying, we went back to them and negotiated going, look, we've got these boxes that we just bought. Can we use the boxes through the end? Um, and then, you know, and then switch it out, switch it out to a new one. We wanted to keep the MDM part of our name. So, um, even though it was maze, if we picked another M word that wasn't Maison, would they, um, be okay with that? Be okay with that. And so we went back and forth on that. Were they reasonable with it? And they were. So they ended up, you know, going, that's fine. Um, you can use your boxes out and, um, and they were pretty reasonable, and you know, and then we found a new name, Marche, and um, so as ca- soon as you found the new name, you had to get it. Tra- you probably we like, then went, better get a trademark. We then went and got it trademarked, and so we, you know, that's a process. You you know, pay off for the searches and stuff, and then it takes about six months to a year for your mark to actually, you know, them to mail you your your trademark information, you know, certification that you're registered. So you would have thought, based on that fun experience. That I would have learned, but I didn't. So <laughs> fast forward 2018, I start Blue Poppy Designs. And Blue Poppy Designs is really just kind of regional here. I'm just doing markets. And fast forward to 2020, as y'all have already heard the story, the wholesale thing starts taking off. And now I find myself in 2021 with Blue Poppy Designs being in all 50 states. So, so now there's so I have this aha moment and I, I meet Kate and I'm like, I want to, you know, I guess we should trademark Blue Poppy Designs. I've got this now this nationwide presence that I probably should, you know. And so she goes to do a search and she finds there's another company out there using a similar mark. It wasn't the exact, but it had Blue Poppy in it and they had filed for a trademark. Oh, wow. And similar around the same time? Um, they had just filed for their trademark and... Um, in one of the categories that I sell. So that's kind of what it was. So when you file for trademark, you file for your name, but you file for the category of what you sell. So you file for Blue Poppy Designs in the category of candles or Blue Poppy Designs in the category of towels. I'm not obviously applying for Blue Poppy Designs in the category of plumbing. So somebody else could name their plumbing company Blue Poppy Designs, and that would not be an infringement oh, so on my trademark. it has trademark. to be an infringement in the same sort of category Correct. Of so a good example is Delta Faucets and Delta Airlines. Both have the same name. They can both coexist in trademark land because nobody's going to confuse Delta Faucets with Delta, Air- with Delta, Delta Airlines. So they're right. different categories. So that's kind of how a trademark works. You file for the categories of which you currently do business. And I would also, when you if you go through the process of this, because it's, it's rather expensive, especially for a new business, is you think of other cat products that you think you might want to launch in the next few years. And you go ahead and see if you can wrap up those categories as well. So what happened when you found that there was another blue poppy so in Kate, the same category? Well, Kate found it. And they had actually, just two months prior, filed for their trademark. I had never filed for Blue Poppy as a trademark. They filed for their trademark. So they actually were starting to go into the pile of getting a, a trademark. And so she's like, we've got to send a cease and desist. Now, I knew what it felt like to get a cease and desist. So I didn't really love the idea of sending another small company a mm-hmm. cease and desist. But she says, you won't get your trademark if you don't. Um, you've got to clear the basically the road for you to get your trademark. 
And you, by all accounts of what we could find, I had been doing trade with my mark longer, much longer. So she sends out the letter and um, they, they, I know the feeling they got because they went and got an attorney because that's what you do. You get this thing and you don't know how to deal with it. So you go find an attorney and the attorney responds. And basically the first answer was like, we think we have pretty good rights to this mark. Show us um, why we don't. So I had to go back through my records and I had to find examples and I needed to find the first date that I had sold. Like I said, they only had one category of all the categories I had, but it was a pretty substantial category to my business. So I had to go find like your first receipt of selling that particular item out of state to a stranger. (laughs) So it was like, not only like selling a can, selling a a can, a candle was my category that I was fighting, but selling a candle to you would not have counted in the strength of my mark. I know you. Um, Okay. So it had to be someone out of state, out of state and a stranger. And then I, so I had to, so I went back on my social media post. So I had to show where I had first put it to the public as a whole, um, what date that was. And then I had to go and show where I had sold it. And then I had to find the first example. And then with, with my wholesale business, fortunately was coinciding, really worked out well. I could show a receipt after receipt after receipt of going to Maryland and going to Pennsylvania and New Jersey. So I actually had a clear, this was the early phases of my wholesale business, but I still at least had enough business that showed that product. And it had to be that product because that was what I was challenging was that category. It couldn't be any product. It had to be that product because I was challenging that category. Um, And I had enough of that to basically collect my evidence and get it back to their attorney. And so we collected that evidence and I had the evidence to do it. And so we sent it back to that attorney and they said, okay. And they abandoned the mark. They abandoned their application for their trademark. They renamed their company. They pulled down their Facebook and they pulled down their website and they rebranded their company. Now their company was new, so it wasn't, but it was about the same age that macarons was when all this happened with me and so I had this huge sense of like sadness that I had had to do that I had done this um because you were on the other end this time I understand how bad this feels but for my business to go forward as a business so fast forward to the next company so you again would think (laughs) I learned third time's a charm no no learn my (laughs) lesson And I created this company for the pecans and I had a name for it and it was Lily Bells and I thought, and I bought the .com. So here we go. I own the .com for Blue Poppy Designs. I own the blue, I own the .com for Lily Bells. And so I'm like, okay, I mean. Like how many candied pecans could be named Lily Bells? And it had nothing to do with that. So there was a company out in Oregon um, that's called Lily Bell Farms. They sell candy bars, but some of their candy bars have nuts in them. And so they wrapped up the category of confections, mm. which is also what candy pecans fall in. So I had my logo. I had I was I was selling in Lily as Lily Bells. And Lily Lily Bell was the name of your cat, correct? Well, Lily Bell's is the name of my cat. It was the name if I'd had a little girl, she was going to be called Lillian Kay. And mm-hmm. so I had that's why the, I got three boys. So we named the cat, and she wears a bell around her neck, so she jingles everywhere. So that's kind of so anyway. Kate and all of her kindness said, nope, you can't have it, is already wrapped up in this company in Oregon. I'm like, well, it's Lily Bell's Farms. I'm just Lily Bell's. It's not, I mean, it's, I'm t- one word. There are two words. And she goes, it makes no difference. She goes, um, 
The word farms doesn't differentiate it enough from you. The fact that it's one word or two words, um, whatever the word is for how you hear something. It's like auditory, however it's, it's, I don't know. Anyway, homophone, I don't know. Anyway, it was, it sounded, I mean, it was the same. It was the same. Find a new name. Oh, like a homophone. Homophone. Yeah. Like two, two, and two. Yeah. They all the same. It's yep. spelled different words. Correct. Sound the same. Right. Um, find a new name. And so I must have spent a month with, with Kate going back and forth to finding something I could get the dot com on. I would send them to her. She would do the trademark search and was like, nope, 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 nope. And then we finally were able to find Lottie Bells. And we, you know, we snatched that one up. And, you know, now the company's Lottie Bells. But... You know, I'm thankful that it all happened within the first 30 days of Lily Bells because I, at least with the blue poppy thing, went ahead and had her start looking. So the first company, you got sent the cease and desist. Yes. The second company, I you sent. had to send it. And the third company, you had to, you changed it before there was a cease and desist. Correct. No, but the company in Oregon doesn't know we existed. I mean, we didn't have that kind of presence. So, I mean, they didn't know I wasn't. So you did learn because you started the process sooner. I did, kind of. I mean, I do learn. I mean... But a lot of companies, they go forward and branding their company. Um, and I spoke with a lady the other day. And, I mean, she's facing this. And she's having to rebrand her entire company. And, you know, part of what she does requires, you know, branding of vehicles. So some companies are like, I had to buy new packaging. But I didn't have, like, my, com- my car wrapped. In, it's a big deal. It's expensive. It's expensive. Um, and so then I was speaking to another company the other day. And, they she she hadn't even gone to any of this, but she was like, "I'm going to rebrand this to something else." And, and she gave me the name. And I'm like, "Okay, I can't imagine that name is clear." I mean, I could be wrong. Again, not an attorney. I said, "But please call Kate Strain and, let her and do tell search. her your idea and let her search." I said, "Because if you're about to go through the process of rebranding this company, you definitely want to make sure that all of that money goes." towards something that is permanent versus something that you could get caught with a year down the road. And so all the money you spent on the first branding is lost. Not only that, you have to go. And the really funny, you know, not funny part, but the scarier part of trademark, this did not happen with my cease and desist, but they could, they can request that I open my books up and they could say that you owe us a percentage of your revenue based on our, our trademark that you've used. You've, you know, like you've stolen something from them and you have to pay them back. Correct. Um, that did not happen. Um, thank goodness. And I did not, obviously did not require that to happen for what I was doing, but that is a real, um, especially if you're infringing on a pretty well-known trademark, you know, they would probably have a little bit more or, Let's just say you inadvertently are infringing on a trademark of a company that's much bigger. You didn't know they existed. You haven't done this legitimately or, you know. Intentionally. Intentionally to to profit off of their mark. You didn't even know they existed because you bought your own .com and it looked like it was clear. Um, but they're like a multi-million dollar company. So think of the legal team they have. They can definitely fight your small business. Right. And you'll lose. You won't have any clout any there to fight that. So would you say that um, as people are kind of a, maybe in the in the place of really wanting to launch their brand and buy packaging and at, yes, you know, I at mean, that point really think yeah. about spending this money and how much did it did it cost you to Oh, I don't remember. Like I with Lottie Bells, like what was what was the, what's a generalized fee that people could you know Everybody's all the trademarks going to be different. Um 
I know you can go through like LegalZoom has a trademark side and you can see what their prices are. Private attorneys in different towns, they all can, they all generate they all their own vary. rates. So, okay. um, so it depends on the fees that are charged by your lawyer. But yeah, so I would start with, so I wouldn't pay this money on a concept business. So, I mean, if you're just trying to decide, but sometimes if you find a local trademark attorney, they'll do for a small fee, they will do what's called a basic search. Which is really what you need because we can't get this information on Google. They it, have access to other databases that maybe you won't well, be able to get through Google. You probably have access to it. I mean, you can go to the U.S. Trademark Office and do your own name search. Yeah, you can. Um, but they know how to search it through category. So you can basically do a general search and then you can click on it and you can see what categories. I mean, you're just not as good as they are. They know what they're doing. So again, when I'm looking at my A, B, and C bucket that we've talked about before, I think I can save a lot of time. It's going to cost me money, but I think that money will be well spent because I can keep doing what I do best to get my business off the ground and pay somebody what they do best to make sure that I'm in, a you know, in alignment with, you know, my brand as I'm building it. But I, it's definitely worth doing, having an attorney. Like I said, you can go to the U.S. Um, trademark website if you google us trademarks it's something.gov um and you can do you can do a name search and um, you can see if your name is up again if your name is taken by somebody else that doesn't again preclude you from being able to get it because you've got to go find out what categories that name is right is protecting and so again a t an attorney is worth it but a lot of times attorneys don't charge a ton of money to do a traditional search um to make sure you're in compliant and then i mean it's a it's a it's over a thousand dollars to actually go through the process, which yeah. you said it takes about six months. Yeah, so they file the paperwork and then it takes about six months. But I mean, it's that's going to be a big chunk of money, a couple thousand, maybe a couple thousand dollars to to have an attorney do it. Um, and again, when you go to do that, you want to look at where you're sitting with your initial concept. Are you going to be growing into other categories? You know, is that part of your idea? Like, I'm going to start with starting with candles, but I'm going to grow into this and that and yeah. this and that. Right? I might grow into you know rugs or, rugs which yeah. would be a different category right. so you want to keep you know keep that in mind but you know it would be it is so much less expensive for a business to do this first than to have to go back and rebrand and then to have to go back and rebrand um because the truth of the matter is is it's it took me several months to get over that my company wasn't called lily bells it was lily bells in my mind the story was cute i mean it was everything about it made sense to me and so that wasn't the way the, the story ended. And so now the story of why my company's named Lottie Bells is really because, I mean, and I tell the story because I wanted to name it Lily Bells and I couldn't get the trademark and now it's Lottie Bells because it was close, but it makes, I've got nobody, I've got no Lottie in my life. I just, <laughs> so I was like, pecan company. I told my husband, I said, we need to buy a different cat yeah, you need, you and have Lily Bells and Lottie Bells. <laughs> you know, Rob's like, we're not getting another cat. Um, I can tell you that's a bad idea. I just got a second cat. Having two cats is like having 10 cats. Well, I have two cats and they don't get along. Yeah, it's... And I have one dog. They're, they're everywhere. They're everywhere you are. They're, they're there. But, you know, like I said, Kate Strain is my attorney. And, and I trust her, her knowledge and her faith to work for me in the best of her ability and her in what she does. And so I do, and I do not love being told no. And she tells me no. Um, and told me no a lot. It was painful to come up with a different name because I've had, you're, you're stuck on the one and it's hard to get off that Shift stuck. Is. 
So we're gonna we're gonna include Kate Strain's um, info in the notes. And if you have any additional questions on on trademark or anything else for that matter, please feel free to email us at questions at ladybizwiz.com. Uh, we want to be a resource for you guys as you're building your business. And we know lots of questions come along the way. So thank you so much for joining us today. We will see you next time. Have a great day.